This is a moment series, and uh, we've been in this for a little bit now, and we're going to continue to go through it through Christmas season. And uh, this is called Get the Mid Out of Middle. Everybody say, Get the Mid Out of Middle. The, the, the mid is uh, when, when, when something ain't so great, you just say, oh, I was kind of mid, right? And um, it's kind of like, eh, it's half, it's half there. And so I think for a lot of us, we look at the middle place of our lives, the middle place of, of, of what God is doing in our lives is kind of um, difficult, boring, uh, hard. Uh, middle is defined as the position of being among or in the midst of something. It's, it's equally distant from both extremes. So equally distant from where I start and where I end. And it's usually in this place, everybody gets amped for the start and everybody loves the finish. But the middle is, 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 can be challenging. It can be tough. You can lose your focus. You can get distracted. And so um, I don't know if you ever, uh, all the parents in the room I know have, are we there yet? Heard that once or twice. If you're traveling for, for the holidays, you might hear, are we there yet? And um, man, my parents hated that phrase when we used to utter it. But, but it was because nobody liked the middle. They liked to get where they were going or they enjoyed the start, the excitement of the packing, but, but they didn't like the middle place. But can I tell you, metal, M-E-T-T-L-E, is made in the middle. Metal is made in the middle. Metal is defined as vigor and strength. It, it suggests a capacity for meeting difficulty with resilience and fortitude. That's what metal, when they say you got metal, it means that you got something in you that's able to meet difficulty with fortitude and resilience. And metal is made in the middle. Metal is made in the middle. The middle place is where God begins to strengthen you, to deepen the well, to fortify you, and to help you learn things that you could not learn at the start or at the end. And I think that's really, really important for us to recognize. I think a lot of times that phrase is so annoying, uh, are we there yet? And every kid on the planet has uttered it. It's because it's usually occurring right in the middle of your trip, Right? And I think that epitomizes the journey for a lot of us. If you look at 1 Peter 1, 10 through 12, it says this. It says, concerning this salvation, right, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that, was fo that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, me. They were serving us when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels longed to look into these things. Angels were in heaven going, God, are we there yet? They're going, God, when's it going to happen? God, when are you going to redeem Humanity, God, when, when are you going to send a son born of a virgin, born under law? God, when are you going to, wh wh how are you going to do this? And, 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 and they were all probably expecting a great king to ride in on a horse. And then they were like, that's it? It's a baby, right? Even angels were trying to figure out what God was up to, and the prophets were looking and searching, and they wrote down every prophetic word that God gave them uh, that, that, that prophesied Jesus is coming 850 years before Christ, 1,500 years before Christ, and they serve as an encouragement to you and I because we can go, oh, they called their shot. 
God called his shot. He said what he was going to do, and he did it. But they kept waiting and waiting and waiting. Are you getting what I'm saying? They had something, but they didn't know what God was going to do. They had to keep waiting and waiting and searching and searching. Galatians 4, 4 through 6 says, But when the time had fully come, everybody say fully come. When the time had fully come, if you're baking in the holidays, you can't, you can't pull it out before it's done, man. You, you got to get them cookies just right. When the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons. How many of you know that we're all adopted? You get it? We were all adopted. We got the full rights of sons, meaning we got all the inheritance, right? In that culture, that's who got the inheritance. So, so Proverbs 20 verse 4 says this, sluggards do not plow in season. So at, harvest, so at harvest time, they look but find nothing. See, what you do in this season, what you do in the middle, determines what happens in the next season. That, 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 if, that, that if you're in the middle season and you're kind of like, this is so mid, I am so ready to be done, then, then if you don't pick up the lessons, if you don't pick up the tools that God wants to equip you with in this season, then, then you will miss what he wants to do in your next season. That, that, that sluggards don't plow in season, right? So, that, so, so what happens? So at harvest time, when that season comes, when it's time to reap, they look but find nothing, right? That's why the Bible says, let us not become weary in well-doing for at the proper time. Everybody say proper time with me. Come on. We're gonna, it's a participatory sport today. At the proper time, you'll reap a harvest if you faint not. Notice that the harvest was never in question. How you would operate in the middle was always the question. That, that the harvest was guaranteed. That God already, the Bible says, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived, no eye has seen what God has prepared for those who love him. God has already whipped up something good for you. Whether you show up or not is the only question. Whether you plow in season is the only variable. Right? You go, well, I don't know, there's a lot of things that can happen. No, 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 no. What then can separate you from the love of God? So, so if it, the only variable is, will I be obedient and in, in, in faithful in the middle season? Will I be obedient and faithful in the middle season? If you got your Bibles, I want you to go to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Jesus. Uh, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but his parents took him to temple on the eighth day as was required under Mosaic law to, to name him and to circumcise him. And there were two people that were there. One was a man named Simeon. Another was a woman named Anna. Uh, they were both old. Everybody say old. They weren't mature. They were old. They had passed maturity. They were old. They were knocking on heaven's door. They're about there. And, and, and this is important because that what we're going to learn, we're going to talk about Simeon today, and what, we, what we're going to learn is vitally important. Simeon's name means uh, to hearken or to give attention to, essentially to listen. 
So when you hear Simeon, in Hebrew it means to listen. Anna, her name means grace. So when you put the two together, they both met Jesus at the temple. What God is saying is, listen to grace. Listen, world, grace is here. Isn't that amazing? Right when Jesus walks into the, uh, his, uh, his parents, bring him to the temple. You see this, this, this amazing thing. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Everybody say waiting. waiting. He was in the middle. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That's how old he was. God had to promise him, you won't die, right? He had been waiting and waiting and waiting. Moved by the Spirit. Everybody say moved. See, we gotta be moved. He went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms. That's when you could take babies from their mamas. Uh, and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Like, take me now, Jesus, I'm ready. I saw him. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light and revelation of the Gentiles, the glory of your people Israel. Now, Child's mother and father, Mary and Joseph, marveled at what was said about him. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. Spoken against. Don't, don't get upset. I said this last week. When others are canceling, God might be subscribing. Don't get upset when people speak against. If they did for Jesus, they will for us. Don't be, to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Uh, I want to talk to you today about the process of grace. The process of grace. Grace is a gift. Grace is given. It cannot be earned, but you can put yourself in a position to receive it. Um, the first, the, 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 the process of grace is perspiration. Everybody say perspiration. Sweat. Inspiration. Say inspiration with me. Say Revelation. Motivation. Salvation. We're going to see all of that in this text in Luke chapter 2. 400 years of silence. There had been no revelation in Scripture for 400 years. From Malachi to Matthew, there's 400 years. Uh, and, and, and it's not that God was silent or they wasn't doing something, but it was a middle season. It was a middle season. They were in the middle. And, and, and waiting might be the hardest kind of work I'll call waiting the perspiration of faith, right? It's when you dig deep. Waiting is not doing nothing. Because if you look at, the, at, at a Christian context for waiting, waiting means that I am hopefully looking and expecting. That, 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 that I'm not passively sitting back going, gosh, I, I, wonder if, I wonder if they'll show up. I wonder if God will come. No, no, no. Waiting means that I am looking. The Hebrew means I'm inclining my neck forward that I'm peering out, that I'm gazing, that in faith I'm going, God, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I'm just waiting. It's a posture of action. Are you hearing me? That's so different from how we envision waiting. We envision waiting passively. We envision waiting that the, in that the, the impetus is on the other person to move, the other person to do something. No, 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 no. 
God says that you renew your strength as you wait on him. That as I peer out in faith and exercise my faith, that, that, that my strength is renewed, that I take off a cloak of weariness and heaviness is really what the analogy is in the Bible. And I put on one a garment of strength. And so when, when, when I wait, I am looking intently hopeful and expectant that God is going to do something in the middle. In the middle. Are you following me today? So, so it says suddenly, like this, this suddenly word. A lot of us love suddenly, that things happen suddenly. The word suddenly comes up 276 times in the Bible. And it's usually after a long period of waiting. It's usually after a long period of hardship. Suddenly happens after the perspiration of waiting has watered the seed of faith that was sown in the ground of hardship. Hear me. I'll say it again. Suddenly happens after the perspiration of waiting has watered the seed of faith that was sown in the ground of hardship. Suddenly is only sudden to us. It doesn't take God by surprise. You think about that. That, that it's only sudden to us. That it, God, God knew what was going to happen. He knew what he had planned. If you think about suddenly or just then, a lot of times in Scripture, Ruth and Naomi. The Bible says that when Ruth is in the field gleaning, that just then, Boaz, suddenly, Boaz comes. The woman with the issue of blood, right? Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Just then, suddenly, a woman who had been subject to bleeding. There's so many suddenlies in the Bible. There's a suddenly with the woman at the well and the disciples. The Bible says on the day of Pentecost that suddenly there was a sound with a violent, rushing, mighty wind. Are you with me? Suddenly is a big word in Scripture, but nothing just hardly ever happens suddenly. It happens through the perspiration of faith and waiting to see what God wants to do in the middle. Do not get disconnected in the middle. Do not get distracted in the middle. If you are in the middle, you can have a moment that can be a milestone if you stay plugged in, if you stay connected. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The, that word in the original context means that, that I'm going to allow that, that promise, I'm gonna give it access to my life. There are some things we go, gosh, I'm gonna grab onto the, whole, the promises of God. We have to allow the promises of God to grab hold of us first, church. Amen. We have to allow the word to have access to who we are, to get in deep so that we have something to latch on to. Are you following me? He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He had given access to the promise that God gave him that kept him showing up at God's house day after day after day after day and week after week after week after week. Simeon was so old God has to say, I promise you'll see him before you die. <laughs> okay, God, I'm allowing your promise to have access to my life. What promises has God given you in his word that we have not allowed to have access to our life? 
because it's a trust thing and it's risky because you got to go all in on that. A lot of times we'll try and grab onto something, but the word has to grab onto you first. See, it's easy on the outside to grab, but when you open yourself up and say, okay, God, what do you want to do in me? I'm going I'm to I'm put my, my faith, my trust in this. You got to allow the promises of God to grab a hold of you. Once you get past perspiration, you're going to get to inspiration. Inspiration, the act of influencing, of, of drawing air into the lungs, right? You inspire. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. The Holy Spirit is the inspiration of God. He's the one that breathes. The, it, pneuma, it would be a word that, that's used of the Holy Spirit. Ruach, right? It's this con, concept of God, God's breath filling your, your lungs, your spirit. Kind of like God breathed into Adam, right? There's this, there's this <gasps> inhalation of the promises of God. It's fresh wind would be a better, better, better term for that, for the Holy Spirit. is fresh wind that he breathes life into you, that inspiration. What moves and motivates you to go beyond yourself, church? What, what a very boring life to do what only makes you comfortable. Notice how I'm not combining comfort and peace. You can have a lot of comfort and have no peace. What makes me comfortable doesn't give me peace. God says, if you're in my will, I'll give you what? A peace that passes understanding, which means that I can be in a very uncomfortable place and have complete and perfect peace because his grace is sufficient for you. Are you hearing me today? Paul was most effective and very often in prison, in chains. Read the prison letters. Half of Paul's epistles are written from an uncomfortable place, yet he had tons of peace. Are you following me? A lot of us are deceived thinking that if I'm in a comfortable place, then I'll have peace. Ah, uh -uh. if you're where he is, then you will have peace. And where he leads is usually not comfortable. I don't, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do, do a little spoiler alert for you today. For all the people that just dove into Jesus, the people that are getting baptized, <laughs> it will not be comfortable, but it will be glorious. Amen. Are you following me? Come on, you believe that. Say amen. amen. Come on, church. Engage your faith. Engage your faith today. See, see. Oftentimes, peace lies on the other side of discomfort. That's right. Right. Hear me. It's not comfortable to follow where he leads all the time. I was thinking about this. The Bible says, uh, Paul wrote, I've, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept my faith, right? In Second, uh, Second Timothy. Some of us are trying. When you think of inspiration, you know, it, when you run, when you run a race, I, I never ran a race. Never. I didn't, I, I've never run a long distance race where, where I didn't breathe. Where, where I just said, I think I can hold my breath for the next 13.1. That'll work. That'll work. I think, I, I think I'll do all right there. No, no, no. God showed me this last night. Some of us, some of you are trying to run your race while holding your breath. Some of you are trying to run your race while holding your breath. You go, what do you mean, pastor? 
It's been so long since the Holy Spirit inspired you, breathed into you, that you've been running and just feeling burn. All you've got is lactic acid building up in your muscles. You got nothing because the reality is you haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to breathe into you for a long time. You've been so busy, so distracted, so discouraged in the middle that you forgot that he wanted to breathe life into you to plow in this season so that you can reap a harvest in the next season. When's the last time that the Holy Spirit breathed into you? When's the last time the Holy Spirit inspired you? Man, encounter night, we had a double dose Friday. Ah! That, that, that there's something that God wants to do in your life. There's a connection point. If God only intended for you to understand and hear his word, then he would not have sent his son so you could experience him. Why is he called Emmanuel, God with us? Our journey with Jesus has always, was always meant to be experiential. Not just Head knowledge, mental ascent. I grasp it. I got the concept. I'm moving on. See, once you get there, you're going to get to revelation. It had been revealed to him. Everybody say revealed. By the Holy Spirit, he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That word means out of necessity. That it was going to happen. When God says something, it is going to happen. He is not a man that he should lie. So God wanted him to have sight with sound. He said, I've, you've heard about him, but you're gonna see him. You've heard about him, but you're gonna experience him. See, when you get past perspiration, when you got, get past inspiration, you're gonna get to revelation. It's that aha moment. The Holy Spirit had told him, revealed to him, that he would not die. Come on. That God wants to reveal some things to you that you can just bank on. That the Holy Spirit wants to reveal some things to you that you can just say, ah, I can latch my faith to that. I can latch my faith to that. It's like an anchor for my soul. Doesn't matter what storm comes, I'm, ho I'm, I'm holding. I'm holding firm in this. Motivation. Moved by the Holy Spirit. He went to the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the law required. See, when are we going to be motivated to do what's necessary and right? When am I going to trust God, prioritize, believe that I can have a better marriage if I'm willing to allow him to change me and pray for them? When am I going to be moved to believe that I can overcome addictions and destructive habits in my life, things that I've built up over years? When am I going to be moved to trust God with my finances? Tithe consistently, say, God, this is yours. The 10 percent's a king's portion. When am I going to be moved to give him everything I have, to trust him with my family, with my children? When am I going to be moved? Motivation. Motivation is doing what you should. Inspiration is the power to do so. They're different things. Motivation's always easier when you're inspired, when you've got the power, when you've got the change. You get to salvation eventually. He says, 
Sovereign Lord, as you've you've promised, dismiss your servant in peace. My eyes have seen your salvation. See, he experienced Jesus. He had a revelation of Jesus. He had an impartation of God's purpose and plan. God with us, Emmanuel. Mm. So many of us get tired because God never intended for your knowledge to be the only thing that you lived off of. He intended for you to connect with him every day. For you to be inspired by his spirit, motivated, empowered by his word and the power of Christ. You know what I've noticed? There's only one difference. One letter difference. One letter and you flip it. Between striving and thriving. One letter. There's one letter difference between striving and thriving. And that's often the difference between breakdown and breakthrough. Hear me. One letter. You know what that letter is? Faithfulness in the middle. That's really what it is. It's faithfulness. Is 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 can I just can I just turn it on? I know the stuff. I'm in the right place. You know the stuff. For many of you, you know the stuff. You're in the right place. Can I just be faithful in the middle? Can I can I lean on the Holy Spirit? Can I wait and expect? Can I go through the process of grace? Grace isn't always just God giving you something. It's Him giving you something through your participation to position yourself to receive what He wants to give you. You can stand, you can turn on the water in the shower and never get under it. I promise you, you're not going to get clean. But if you position yourself under the head of the shower, right? The water was always flowing. The grace was always there. You had the power to turn it on. But your position makes all the difference in the world, church. In this season, I just know God is going to do huge things in our church and huge things in your life. He wants to. And if you can just be faithful in the middle of of whatever it is you're going through, I promise you, if you can position yourself to receive that process of grace, work with it. Allow the Holy Spirit to inspire you. Man, it's going to be so beautiful. Would you bow your heads with me today? I want to invite you to close your eyes. Our prayer team is going to hold still for a minute. Don't come up yet. I want to invite you, if you do not know Jesus, if you are far from Him, if you haven't trusted Him in your life, I want you to say this prayer with me and surrender your life to Him. Come on. Jesus always meant for you to experience Him. If you're online... You can say this. You can click that button. Somebody's on with you right now. Would you bow your heads with me today? Come on, let the Holy Spirit do something in this moment. Church, if you are a follower of Christ, I want you to say this prayer nice and loud. At the end of it, I'm going to ask us to raise our hands. You said it for the first time, maybe returning to Jesus. We're going to celebrate with you. It's so important. All heaven does. Come on, let's, let's go before the Lord. You can have sin forgiven and a new start today. You can meet Jesus. Say, dear God, forgive me of my sin. I need you so bad. I give my life to you, Jesus. I make you my Lord and Savior, Jesus. 
I promise to follow you all my days. I thank you for saving me, paying a price I couldn't. I believe that you rose again and gave me abundant and eternal life. So I receive your grace right now. Thank you for saving me, giving me a new start. I surrender in Jesus' name. Amen. You said that prayer, you meant it in your heart. Raise your hand right now. Come on. Let me celebrate with you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Anybody else? Raise your hand right now. Right now. Come on. Pray for those that said that. 